Hi there, and welcome to Season 2 of York Talks, a podcast for families wanting to learn more about how the York School, Toronto's leading co-ed independent school delivering the IB curriculum from JK to grade 12, views education. I'm your host, Natasha Esty. This season, join me in conversation with teachers from the junior, middle, and senior schools about their craft and get insights into some of the most progressive approaches to education today. For the last three episodes, I've had the privilege of speaking with some of our outstanding junior school teachers about their journey to teaching, their craft, a day in the life in their classroom, and the future of education. Before I start speaking to teachers from the middle school, I am delighted to offer this bonus episode, a conversation with leaders of the York School's Indigenous Education Committee, Sean Rand and Sarah Akbari. A group of about 13 staff members came together in the spring of 2020 to create the York School's Race, Equity, Diversity and Inclusion, or READY Committee, and have focused on elevating BIPOC voices through lessons, literature and speakers, shining a light on issues that we may have historically shied away from, and ensuring that our classrooms feel safe and our teachers feel equipped to guide students through difficult discussions. The work of the Indigenous Education Committee is a part of this broader initiative. Sean Rand has been at the York School for three years after teaching internationally in Portugal and the Ukraine. He teaches grade two and is a diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI, co-chair and member of the Indigenous Education Committee at York. Sarah Akbari has been at the York School for about three and a half years after teaching at several other case schools in Toronto. She's a Google certified educator and has a master's in education. She teaches grade one. Sarah is on the Ready Committee and is also a member of the Indigenous Education Committee at York. Sean, Sarah, welcome to York Talks. Thanks, Natasha. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. So I have been asking all my guests this question, and I would like to start by asking you both as well. Tell us about your journey to teaching and why you have embraced being an IB educator. Sarah, why don't you start? So to be honest, I didn't always know I wanted to be an educator. It was when I was about halfway through university that I really you know, reflected and thought what job would give me the most kind of joy and I'd be excited to go to. And that's when education popped to my mind. So I went and pursued my master's in education, focusing on inclusive education. And then from there, deciding what type of school I want to work at was really easy. I myself went to an IB school. I completed the middle years program and diploma program um, when I was younger. So I knew I wanted to work in an IB world school. And so in the five years since I've been an educator, I've had the great privilege at working at two IB schools here in Toronto and just watching the kids in the PYP program flourish. Amazing. Sean, what about you? Yeah, so I've always known I want to work in education. Uh, firstly, because I really enjoy working with children. Uh, hopefully all teachers do. <laughs> um, I find it such a privilege to make a positive impact in my students' lives uh, and also with teaching, there's no today's the same because every year you have a new set of students and they always have different personalities, interests and experiences. So I find it a job that's always interesting. It's always changing. Uh, I'm now entering my 10th year of teaching uh, with the past four years being at York. This will be my fourth year. 
And I have previously taught in Scotland, Ukraine, and Portugal. Uh, however, I'm loving being back at, uh, in Toronto and teaching at the York School because of the PYP program and the emphasis it puts on student-initiated action. I feel like the action piece really enriches the learning of our students. And especially with Indigenous education, I feel like that's so relevant. We want our students to be change makers of the future and do something with learning about reconciliation. So I'm, I'm really enjoying my time here at York. Incredible. And I do like the connection you've made with the action piece, because I know that that's come up in some of my other conversations about the importance of that aspect to, to the IB education approach, especially in the primary years program. I feel like it's so important for students to find out uh, how their learning is relevant to their lives. So it's definitely an amazing piece of the program. Absolutely. So I'm, I did mention it briefly in my introduction, but Sean, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about the Ready Committee at York. Yeah, so the Ready Committee, uh, as you said, stands for Race, Equity, Diversity and Inclusion. And it's an action-oriented group for uh, of faculty and staff who are committed to furthering DEI work at the York School. Uh, the Ready Committee was formed in June of 2020 after the death of George Floyd. Um, you know, like many organizations, I think George Floyd's death forced us all to examine how systemic racism plays out in our personal lives and also at the York School. So initially, when we started the committee, uh, we had a focus on two main goals. Uh, the first was being to create a safe, caring and secure environment for faculty, staff and students. And the second was to make deep and meaningful structural changes to our educational practices. Uh, this began with taking a lot of time to do our own learning, inviting guest speakers in, and collating resources. You know, as we progressed, we began breaking down our goals into action items that aligned with the four buckets of our interim strategic plan. So some of the things the Ready Committee has accomplished has been creating a staff BIPOC affinity group, as well as an ally affinity group. Um, there's a monthly newsletter that goes out, a Ready newsletter that focuses on DEI work at the school. Uh, an improved DEI com uh, commitment statement, and as well as our newly found partnership with Equity Connections as our DEI consultants. That's great. And I'll put some links to some of those things you've referenced in the show notes. So that's really, really helpful. And then as I also mentioned, Sean, earlier in my introduction, you are currently acting as one of the co-chairs of diversity, equity, and inclusion at the York School. Can you tell us a little bit more about the work you do as, as in that particular role? So my role as DEI chair is the shared responsibility with Noelle and Shelley and Jake in the upper school. Uh, so since being appointed into the role in the spring, uh, we have worked on researching and identifying a DEI consultant for the school to partner with. Uh, as I mentioned before, we are now working with Equity Connections to develop and implement a school-wide strategy and key deliverables focusing on the areas of equity, diversity, and inclusion, as well as uh, building capacity for staff with regards to professional development around DEI work. We also coordinate and facilitate meetings with the school's Ready Committee, uh, where members are working on four main initiatives for the year. And what are those four main initiatives? Yeah, so one of the initiatives are, uh, well, it's focused on school assemblies and working with the citizenship team to create post-assembly reflections and activities. Uh, the second one is to change our current house names due to some problematic namesakes. The third is to create a land acknowledgement for the school that emphasizes our school's commitment to reconciliation. And the final initiative is to continue the publication of our ready newsletters each month. That's great. Um, 
going to shift gears here just a tiny bit because, um, you know, my understanding is that the Indigenous Education Committee kind of falls kind of under the umbrella of this this broader work that's being done. And obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I do want to get into a little bit more detail since we are sort of focused on that aspect uh, today. So maybe, Sarah, could you tell us a little bit more about the Indigenous Education Committee at the York School? Yeah, for sure. So the Indigenous Education Committee at York is a group of uh, educators, faculty members, and members of our administration here across all three divisions, so junior school, middle school, and senior school, who have the goal, the collective goal, to ensure that Indigenous education is promoted and meaningfully embedded in our school. We're currently undertaking a number of initiatives, such as creating thoughtful and trusting relationships with members of our community here on Treaty 13 land, so the land we currently reside on. Um, we're also promoting reconciliation, as Sean had mentioned previously, with some of our initiatives of um, one of the four main DI initiatives of land acknowledgement. We're also going to ensure that Indigenous teaching and learning are woven into our curriculum using the Truth and Reconciliation uh, Commission's calls to actions in regard to education and developing our Indigenous education scope and sequence here at York. That's a, that's a lot of amazing stuff that's all packed into that. That's really, uh, it's really inspiring. Maybe, Sean, could you sort maybe tell us a little bit more about why this this committee has been created at the York School. I mean, I think, Sarah, you kind of started touching on a couple of those things, but maybe, Sean, you could expand on that a little bit more. Yeah, of course. So the Indigenous Education Committee was created of a need to show our commitment to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's calls to action. As Sarah said, specifically calls to action 62 to 65 that pertain to curriculum development. Uh, we also felt the provincial curriculum documents kept Indigenous peoples in the past by only focusing on their relationship with early settlers and did not do enough to interweave Indigenous histories, current issues, cultures, and perspectives into all curricular areas. So this is something we set out to change because we view this work as particularly important due to the treaty-to-treaty nation relationship that we have with Indigenous peoples and also the desire to instill mutual respect and understanding within our students uh, when they're talking about reconciliation work. I think it's important to know, you know, with reconciliation work, you are contributing to DEI, but it's using a specific lens because of the treaty to treaty nation relationship that we have with Indigenous peoples, as opposed to just a nation to citizen relationship. I think that's a really important distinction. I really appreciate you you bringing that up. So, it's kind of implied by what you were just saying, but but why? And maybe Sarah, you can you can answer this one. But why is integrating Indigenous education important, in your opinion? Why is any subject important? It's it's not so much that we're adding a new area of study when thinking about integrating Indigenous education, but rather returning to something that's been neglected and overlooked all along. We need to return and repair to our treaty obligations, as Sean mentioned. And we have the opportunity to gain this better footing and reforge these relationships and our education system is a great place to start. Yeah, I like the way that you phrased that very much. And and what drew each of you personally to um, being a part of this committee? So a few years ago, Yoshibel, who also works at the junior school and is part of the Indigenous Education Committee, she recommended that I read Seven Fallen Feathers by Tanya Talega. Uh, this book recounts the lives of seven Indigenous high school students who died between 2000 and 2011 while attending school in Thunder Bay. Uh, this was hundreds of miles away from their families. 
So being a true story, it really opened my eyes to the intergenerational trauma that broken treaties and the residential school system inflicted on Indigenous communities, uh, which was something I was unaware of uh, before and never was taught about in school. So as a teacher, I think we have a moral obligation to educate our students about our past. And in doing so, I hope our students will have the knowledge to take action in an age and stage appropriate way uh, to promote justice and healing towards members of the Indigenous community. And Sarah, what about you? So it wasn't really one thing that um, kind of drew me to lead, help lead this committee with Sean. It was more of a culmination of things that have happened um, in the last several years. So I was in grad school and I was first exposed to Indigenous education. I was probably one of the first cohorts where it was required as part of the OCT um, requirements. And my instructor at um, the University of Toronto, OISE, had us reading articles and stories about reconciliation and injustices um, Indigenous peoples have faced and are currently facing. And then from there, I just kept my own personal journey of learning about the successes and struggles that these groups of people have, have had to endure. And it was from there that I completely understood the importance of this work. And I discovered my own deep passion for this work. And it made me want to help lead up this initiative alongside Sean. I think it's important to remember that we can't right our wrongs by staying silent. And we need to take action. And this committee is one way that we're doing it here at York. Um, I uh, was really kind of blown away by the extensive resources that you worked to make available to to teachers throughout the entire, you know, K to 12 kind of range, especially as it related to um, you know, the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Um, and when I think about all of those those resources that were just related to that specific, um, you know, that that day, but I also know that there's a lot of other things that are happening um, ongoing as well. Could you each maybe provide us with some examples of of some of the work that the Indigenous Education Committee has done and is doing in the school? And I'm particularly interested in. Like maybe some examples, Sean, I know with teaching grade two and, and Sarah with you teaching grade one, like what what you've what's sort of happening even at that age level versus what kind of things are happening, you know, maybe at the high school level even. Yeah. So you touched upon the day, the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation and uh, uh, something that we did in grade one pops right to mind. We really spoke an age stage appropriate way about reconciliation and residential schools and their lasting impact. And as a grade, we uh, dyed our own shirts orange using natural resources. So one class used orange peels, my class used carrots, the other one used barberry. And they wrote, the students wrote their ideas on rec about reconciliation and residential schools and their thoughts towards survivors, those who didn't make it home, the families of these children on the shirts. And these shirts currently hang in our classroom and will be added to as our learning um, the, around these key learnings of reconciliation, land ownership, appropriation, um, develop. Because it's not a one day to learn. It's something we want to embed in every day of our teaching to bring those perspectives in. Another undertaking um, that grade one is going to be doing, and I think some other grades have started, is when we start examining treaties, um, creating our own personalized class land acknowledgments. This process of creating a personalized land acknowledgement for each class allows the students to connect and pay respect to not only the land itself, 
but also the people who continue to have an ongoing relationship with this land. Amazing. Sean, yeah. what, do you have some examples to share too? Yeah, of course. So like you said, you know, our, we want to uh, make sure we're honoring uh, days of reflection and learning, such as Orange Shirt Day, the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation and Treaty Recognition Week. Um, but we also want to make sure that our learning does not end on just these days. So one way we have ensured this will happen is through a partnership in the junior school with an Indigenous educational consultant. Uh, her name is Dr. Pamela Rose Toulouse. So she has been helping us revamp one unit of inquiry uh, from each grade to have an Indigenous lens. Uh, Dr. Pam has been really amazing at helping us build a framework for Indigenous education using a strengths-based approach um, so that our students can appreciate the beauty of Indigenous cultures and also appreciate their ways of knowing, um, as well as empathize, of course, with, the, with Indigenous suffering and trauma due to colonialism. Uh, so we're looking forward to undertaking this work with Dr. Pam and also extending it into the middle school and senior school at a later time. Um, as I said, this is kind of like a bonus episode. It's uh, We could probably continue talking a lot more about this, this amazing work that's being done uh, in this particular space. Also, of course, in more of the um, DEI space at the York School. But uh, as we kind of want to wind down our conversation. This is something that I've also asked all my guests um, so far this season. And that is, and I, and I guess I wanted to, if you could think about this in light of the conversation that we've had and this, all this work that's being done, when you think about the future of K to 12 education, what are you most excited about? I'm looking forward to just seeing the youngest generation get excited by and involved in the work we're doing right now. For example, you know, bringing it back to what we were just talking about, some people might say elementary school students are far too young to engage in conversations around reconciliation, residential schools, the trauma from that. But my students in grade one in an age stage appropriate way got excited and deeply interested in these topics of learning of reconciliation and the lasting impact of residential schools and how they can make the world a better place in the future. I think it's important to note that there's such a value in us trying to make our own little corner of the world a better place, because if we all do that, we'll end up with a better world. Each one of us only makes a small difference, but together we can make that big difference. And that's what I'm excited to see happen in the future. Oh, that's like a poster quote right there. That's so true. Sean, what are you most excited about? Uh, so I'm really excited to see us shifting to a more culturally responsive teaching model. I think, you know, particularly living in a city like Toronto that's so diverse, uh, the students sitting in front of us come from all different backgrounds and experiences. Uh, therefore, at York, we are really trying to examine what literature we are introducing to our students and whose voices we are centering by doing so. Uh, you know, I think we really want to strive to include literature from other cultures, uh, from different alt authors and from different parts of the world. Uh, as well as amplify voices from the LGBTQ plus community, um, connecting students, cultures, languages, and life experiences with what they learn in school is one way to build caring relationships. And that's a huge priority for us at York. So that's one thing I'm looking forward to continuing. And you guys are both going to be an amazing part of that, uh, that process for sure. Is there anything that you haven't had a chance to say about this topic that you'd like to share? Not that I can think of, just that I hope uh, anyone listening to this gets inspired to try to also be the change at their school or in their daily life and, and making sure that they're honoring, acknowledging, and educating themselves around these topics. You know, I think sometimes 
when learning about reconciliation, it can be difficult and people shy away from learning or speaking about these things. But, you know, it, it is an important part of our history. And I hope that, you know, we have the courage to have these brave conversations. That's my hope for our, our students. Yeah, that uh, 10,000 mile journey starts with these first steps, as the saying goes. Um, Sean and Sarah, thank you for being with me today and sharing with me and all of our listeners the amazing work that you are doing to advance, on the one hand, our race, equity, diversity, and inclusion work at the York School, and, and you know, in particular, the work being done to integrate Indigenous education. It is so important, and you are really helping to make a difference. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Natasha. The York School's Indigenous Education Committee is a response to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's calls to action number 62 through 65 that have to do with education for reconciliation. You can learn more about the Indigenous Education Committee's work and the work of the Ready Committee by visiting our website. That's also where you can find our interim strategic plan, which outlines the steps we're taking to prioritize student citizenship and engagement through relationship and community building by, in part, reviewing and improving our culture, curriculum, and community in new ways, including awareness raising campaigns related to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and social justice movements. Follow the hashtag YorkLearns on Twitter to see this work in action. You can find Sarah Akbari on Instagram at Ms. Sarah without an H dot 416. Please see the show notes for this episode for links to the book Seven Fallen Feathers, the work of Indigenous education consultant Pamela Rose Toulouse, and the Equity Connections Group that the York School has partnered with for its DEI work. Visit York Talks online at www.yorkschool.com slash admission slash yorktalks dash podcast. Subscribe to York Talks where you get your podcasts and tell other families wanting to learn more about how the York School approaches education. I'm your host, Natasha Esty. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Please join us again for more York Talks.